Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Robert Fisher, and tonight I'm very pleased to welcome my guest, Marianne Iglesias. She's the president and founder of Kiwi Brand Consulting, based in Coral Gables, Florida. While we're waiting for Marianne to call in, I'd like to relate to all my listeners a very interesting story of something that happened to me several days ago. We all know how so many jobs in the United States are being outsourced, and particularly if we have a problem with a technical device, it can sometimes be extremely frustrating. Uh, Well, there's Marianne now. Let's bring her on the air. Marianne, is that you? Yes. How are you, Robert? I'm doing great. Welcome to Monergy Life, and thanks for being on the show. Happy to be here. I was just telling our listeners uh, just a very brief story. Let me just finish it up, and then we'll we'll get to you. It was something that happened to me a few days ago when I developed a problem with my laptop. And as is often the case, many of the uh, call centers are located in India. I'm sure all of our listeners, and probably you, Marianne, as well, have had experience in dealing with people on the other side of the world and trying to fix some kind of technological device that's gone wrong. Well, I have to say that a couple of days ago, when I tried to fix this pop-up on my computer by calling the Norton Customer Service based in India, I tried to have a different attitude and an open mind when I called because previously when I've dealt with people from India, I have not had the greatest experience in getting my problems resolved. This time I decided to say, you know what, I'm dealing with a human being on the other side of the world. I'm going to give this person a real opportunity to fix the problem. And what a difference that perception made in the experience. First of all, the person who handled my problem turned out to be incredibly competent, incredibly skilled, and really took care of the problem quite quickly. And plus, we had an amazing conversation about what life was like. In in his case, he lived in Mumbai in India, and he was very curious about Miami and New York. So it was such a great interchange. Uh, And I have to to just say that I think that my perception going into it and my attitude made all the difference in the world. That's my story. Marianne, welcome again to Monergy Life. And I'm really pleased to have you on. I was doing a little bit of background information on you, and I'm really quite curious about, um, you know, how you started out with Kiwi, particularly um, the experience you had in Asia when you were there for, I think, a little more than a year. Um, Back and forth, yes. Uh, Could you tell our listeners uh, what you were doing over there and how being in Asia – traveling to places like Bangkok and Ho Chi Minh City and China, perhaps I think Hong Kong as well, um, 
How did that change your perception of the world? Uh, well, tremendously. I had traveled uh, a lot in Latin America, but I had never been uh, to Asia. Actually, uh, my transformation started a little bit um, prior to to that uh, particular journey. Um, I have I had been in in advertising and in marketing for many years, and um, when I about ten years ago, uh, when I became fifty. All of a sudden, in a way, the world as I knew it um, imploded. Um, I had many losses in my life. Both my parents uh, died within a year. Um, I ended a a long relationship, and uh, my anchor client, um, the company was sold, so, so I lost the business. So I was going through a very low period in my life, and I really started to wonder i mean uh how can how i mean what is it about life that that makes a difference between being happy and unhappy and and i was just feeling very depressed and and um and very negative about uh, about life itself um and at at that point um i started to realize that there, there had to be something more so i actually um decided to stop working. Uh, I sold uh, my condo. I, I detached from everything. And I decided to leave life, to let life uh, guide me in, in, in a way. And um, uh, after that, the opportunity came that um, I was asked if I would go to Vietnam. And precisely because I had no job, I was really open to to do about just about anything, and that's how how I came to go to Vietnam. And what what uh, what opportunity was it that brought you to Vietnam, and what were your impressions of the Vietnamese people? Uh, actually, I was a little bit uh, frightened. Number one, because I had never, uh, I really felt that I was so far away from home and in in such a, an unfamiliar place. In addition to that, I am originally from Cuba, and I left Cuba uh, at a very young age, and but but did go through through communism for for about four years prior to mm-hmm. right after Castro's power. Right. So when I when I got to Vietnam, the to the immigration department, and I saw the 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 security guards and all this dressed in the green uniforms. I, I actually that kind of. Uh, Remembered how it was, so it was it was a little bit scary. Uh, Ten years ago, not a lot of people spoke English, so just getting to the airport and and having to deal with such a different culture, a different language, uh, was a bit scary. But because I was determined to just be open to to everything, a little bit like the story you just uh, mentioned about just having a, a, an open attitude. Uh, I just went along with with what life brought, and and it turned out to be actually uh, uh, an incredible experience. How so? Uh, well, I was I I my mission was to get the representation of a a large uh, manufacturer of rice mills, and uh, the the owner of the of the business had his sons um, handling the business because he was semi retired. 
these gentlemen didn't see anyone, and um, all of a sudden, after I met his children, uh, they told me, no, my father doesn't, you know, meet with any of the clients and so on, and we started uh, negotiations. And all of a sudden, these people were wonderful, and to my surprise, uh, on my second visit to the to the factory, they told me that if I was still interested in, in meeting um, uh, Mr. Buivango, that was his name, because he was very interested in meeting me. And um, so I met him. He was an incredible painter, and he spent his whole day in this incredible, uh, very, very mystic um, place. Um, and and I, it was just such a thrill to meet such a... I mean, we didn't speak uh, the language. I had an interpreter, but, but I think spiritually we, we really connected. And, uh, of course, the, the trip was uh, an incredible success. I was able to, to accomplish and, and, and do what I, what I needed to do for, for my clients. So it, it was uh, – and everything was like that. Like in the hotel, the people were wonderful. I mean, there was nothing in the way. It, it was like everything – it was like I learned a long time ago that when you cooperate with life, life cooperates with you. So I, love that. I think I think that part of that – uh, cooperation is just being open, and and one important thing that I have found is uh, with my background, I I am I was born uh, a Christian, I mean into a Christian family. You know, you tend to pray so things will go your way. Like if you're sick, you want to be healed. If you have a problem in your business, you want it to be resolved. And I think if I were to tell you that the most uh, impactful change that I had in my spirituality was that I no longer judge one thing to be better than the other. In other words, wow. whatever happens is perfect. And I think that that really removes a lot of suffering from, from life. I, yeah. I totally embrace that sentiment, and I have come to the same realization myself. I really try not to be judgmental with anyone or anything that I get involved with. And I have to tell I, I our listeners... I'm sorry, go ahead, please. No, no, that what I what I was about to say is that every time you're like that, you're avoiding suffering because suffering really is the result of you wanting life to be another way and Absolutely. and not accepting what is in your life. So so Absolutely. definitely it's it's actually in your favor to act like that because in the end you're a happier person. Yes, it, it's, it goes to one of, I think, the doctrines of Buddhism, which is acceptance of the present moment, total acceptance of what is. And, um, you know, I've embraced some of the philosophical origins of Buddhism myself. So I wasn't born a Buddhist, but I like some of the principles. And just to tell our listeners, it's funny, I was in Vietnam around the same time you were. I was in Hanoi. I think you were, I think you were in Ho Chi Minh City, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Uh, right. Uh, Saigon, Saigon, now now Ho Chi Minh City. Right. I only spent time in Hanoi, and uh, also I was in Asia for about a month, just on a trip in between jobs, and uh, it was probably the most amazing trip of my life so far. It was the first time I was there, and I had an incredible experience in Hanoi where I met with a very famous painter who designed the propaganda posters during the Vietnam War, and it was just not coincidental, because I don't believe there are coincidences, but 
I happened to meet a journalist uh, staying in my who was at my hotel, a Vietnamese journalist, who put me in touch with this guy. And uh, this guy was a um, an artist in residence at the Hanoi School of Fine Arts. And I have never seen anyone more humble and sincere. I was so touched by this person who lived through something that I think most Americans, when I talk about it, can't even wrap their minds around it. And this is what it was. You probably know that in the Vietnam War, the Vietnamese built underground um, villages where they lived for four or five years. And this particular artist was an artist in residence at one of those underground villages. And he showed me drawings of what life was like. I mean, they had schools, they had movie theaters, all five five stories underground. Imagine having to live that way for four or five years. I mean, it's almost mind-blowing. And this guy had no bitterness towards me as an American. As a matter of fact, he treated me like royalty, like I was a famous person. He's actually a pretty famous artist all over the world. It was just such an amazing experience for me. Uh, it just opened my mind to just a whole new way of being. And, and you know, similar to that, I was in Thailand for two, two weeks <clears throat> before going to Vietnam. I felt the same thing in Thailand with the people, where there's even more of a, of a Buddhist tradition. Uh, just the selflessness, the energy, it's just a whole different quality of energy that you experience in Asia. And it's, it's really hard to put the words around it. You just have to go and experience it. It, it is absolutely uh, amazing. I, I had the, the wonderful privilege of, um, I, again, I was on my own, and uh, I found <coughs> in a catalog uh, this um, temple. It, they're called Watts. And uh, I read that there, there, uh, that there was a monk there that spoke English. So I, I ventured and uh, found the, the place and, and found the, the monk that spoke English, and uh, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I, it was funny because by that time I had started meditating, but I would meditate like with a pillow in the back, very comfortable, because I would get a, a backache. And um, so I told him, and, and he told me he would uh, teach me. And uh, so so he brought a um, a mat, and and uh, when I realized, you know, I was meditating in the middle of this uh, incredible temple so so that was also very memorable for me uh he offered uh he asked me if i wanted to stay and i said oh i would love to stay but i have to you know go back and and he he told me that it wouldn't cost me anything that he could um facilitate a place in the outskirts of of uh bangkok where i would be able to stay. I think that's one of the things that I've regretted uh, uh, in my life, not having said yes. But I guess uh, that was uh, it was not to be because otherwise uh, I would have stayed. But it, it's a, it was a pretty interesting situation. Yes, I I I, uh, I also found Bangkok to be a fascinating place. I spent about a week there, and it was that was actually the first place I landed after being in Hong Kong. I had always wanted to go to Bangkok. I found it to be so incredibly exotic. It just it's everything beautiful. about it. 
and it was just an amazing experience, something as simple as taking the river boats that everyone took during the day to get to various places because I was staying in a hotel right on the river and it was convenient to take those river boats for, for pennies and to, and to see all the Buddhist monks, you know, on the, on the river boats and the people. And it was just uh, truly an amazing experience. I urge all of our listeners at one point to try and get to that part of the world. It's a really unique experience. And uh, um, so, yeah, go ahead, please. Well, Bangkok was, I mean, just visiting those temples, uh, I mean, from a, from an architecture uh, or, or artistic perspective, it's just, I mean, it takes your, your breath away. Um, in addition to that, I must tell you that the food is absolutely amazing also. So, uh, but yeah, I totally the, agree. <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to mention is that the more that I um, learned about Buddhism and, and Hinduism and the, the, and even Christianity, I, I think the message is completely the same. It is just how how it is interpreted. But but the essence of the message, I mean, from Jesus to Buddha, uh, to the to the new wonderful spiritual teachers that we have, like Eckhart Tolle, uh, it's all the same message. So so that I think that that's what um, what I, I I don't remember who it was that said that there's a, a difference between. Uh, believing and knowing, and um, I think that once you uh, understand that er- the essence of all these beautiful messages are really the same, if you remove all the rituals and and what really men have brought to to these uh, philosophies, uh, you you instead of believing in it, you you know that that you have found actually uh, uh, um, the key to to understanding. I totally agree with that. I have sort of gone on the same route myself. And at the present moment, if you ask me what's the most important thing that I could bring to any life situation, this is what I would respond. Um, Love, a sense of peace, and gratitude for the opportunities that are open to me. That's absolutely absolutely all you need to to be able to uh, not only live, but live joyfully. I totally agree with that, and it's taken me a while to get to that point, but I am so grateful that these are the operative principles that are guiding me at this moment. It has really uh, changed every situation qualitatively. Uh, Now, I'd like to talk a little bit about your work, since we've spent uh, almost 20 minutes talking about spirituality, and I know that (laughs) you and I could, could probably speak for hours about this subject. It's so fascinating. Um, But I'd like the listeners to know a little bit more about Kiwi. And um, on your website, you have a quotation, which I want to share with everybody listening, because I thought it was such a great quotation. Uh, And it is, thinking outside the box is no longer enough for success, is no longer enough. Success lies on the realization that there is no box. Now, how did you come up with that? I think it's brilliant. Um, I have to tell you that a Kiwi um, uh, stands for knowledge, insight, wisdom, and ingenuity. And what I did was that when I decided to go back to the world, um, I, I decided to, to apply the philosophy and the truth that I had learned in my, in my personal life to my business, and, and that's where Kiwi came about. 
And because precisely uh, understanding is basically to live in acceptance or, or, or living in acceptance actually brings understanding, uh, applying that to the business, uh, you understand that, I mean, any time you have a concept, even to meditate, you're following already a thought and you're trying to make things work out a specific way based on a past. So what I really try to do now is to wake up in the morning and pretend I am in blank and just be become open because I think that that's when creativity really uh, shows you uh, the potential of doing things in a way that, that are new and uh, or maybe different from, from the way that they are being uh, done even in an industry like marketing or branding. So um, I, I, what I try to do is not to be in a box. When I had a client that, um, which happens to be the liquor industry, which, and it's funny because one of the things that I love about my career is that people cannot relate. How can a person that that has these philosophies be able to work in this industry or, or that industry? And Really, I, I am open, and and um, I, I do my work and do it, uh, I think, very well. And it's because I, I am not um, opposed to to anything that, that exists, because I believe that, that if it wasn't supposed to exist, it wouldn't. But um, when I get into a specific industry, I study, I research, and, and so on. And, and then maybe my ideas do not fit what is traditionally done to accomplish a goal. So that's when I communicate with my clients. And until now, I have been very fortunate to, to have worked with very open-minded people. And, and I explain to them just the fact that this work, uh, two years ago, or maybe even six months ago, the world is evolving continually. Uh, consumers are not the same today as they were like five years ago or, or, or maybe last year even. So so it, unless you evolve with your own uh, um, ideas and, and, and concepts of, of in business, I mean, uh, it comes to a point where what you're doing... The, Hello. 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 Sorry, we got some technological problems. Sorry about that. I had I had a call back into the show, so I'm sorry, uh, our listeners. Where were we when when that happened, um, Marianne? Well, basically, what I was saying is that I try not to uh, limit my my the 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 my ability to think new things because I try not to put boundaries on 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 just following uh, what has been done in the past or, or how things are done now because if, if you 
don't have an open. I, I, you know, I learned that whenever you make a judgment, you stop understanding. And uh, basically, that's that's what I try to follow. Whenever I say this is the way to do it, you stop having the ability to consider other possibilities. So that's really where that um, quote came from. Yeah, I think it's really, really a great quote, and I think there's so much truth to it because, as you mentioned, things are changing so rapid, rapidly. The population is shifting, the taste of the population, the way people communicate with each other, the technological advances have just changed. I think they've changed people's sensibilities. You know, I find that people that uh, – that I deal with who spend a lot of time on electronic devices and not a lot of time in face-to-face contact, they're different to communicate with. They, they have a different sensibility. They have a different sense of their own humanity and how to communicate that with other people. Do you find that as well? Uh, yes. Um, there's definitely a, a, a change. But if you look through through our history... Uh, it, it has happened always. I mean, I'm sure uh, my parents thought that I communicated totally different with a phone and with which whatever the means that we, we had at the time. So uh, I, I don't think what's happening is negative because, once again, I feel that if it wasn't supposed to be like this, it wouldn't. I love uh, one of Byron Katie's, uh, who is another wonderful, I think I spoke to you about her, another wonderful spiritual teacher, and she says, when you fight life, you lose, but only 100% of the time. So uh, I have found that, that embracing everything as it is, uh, it, it really leads to to a better, um, just a better and more joyful existence. So even in business, I also apply this. I mean, even though I am uh, not a, a a young professional, I am at my age. I am already very familiar with digital marketing and all this because it's it's something that it's here. And um, I, again, if if we don't get used to the idea and 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 embrace it, we end up eventually not understanding it because um, unfortunately, when we don't like something, we we close our minds. Well, I can tell you that you embrace it because this radio shows uh, this radio show. Uh, uh, tells me that that you have embraced uh, technology and are maximizing uh, the opportunity to reach out to other people and share your thoughts and and your talents. Well, thank you. Yes, I have really tried to embrace technology and the benefits that it offers, and I totally agree with you that if if something exists, it's meant to exist, and I'm a big believer in taking advantage of what I, I call it uh, in, in my energy sphere, and uh, it's really important to use what you have available to you in this moment, not to bemoan what you don't have, not to bemoan what you had in the past, but to use what's available right here, right now. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I also love the things that uh, Kiwi stands for, knowledge, insight, wisdom, and ingenuity. Uh, I just think it's such a clever um, way to use the word. Uh, 
Um, and it's a very interesting word, and I think on your website you talk about the origins of how they came about with that fruit. It was the Chinese gooseberry, I think. Correct, correct. It's and, a good uh, example of, of branding. Yes, yes, it is. And um, I, I think that uh, what you did with the word, in, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, knowledge, insight, et cetera, I think it's... it's I I hate to say it, but we've only got less than 90 seconds left in the show. It's, it's just flown by as I knew it would. Um, is there anything that you might want to impart to our listeners? By the way, the website is kiwibc.com. Um, I guess it's Marianne Iglesias. Marianne, is there anything in the, in the few moments, actually probably less than a moment at this time remaining, that you would like to impart to our listeners? Well, just basically that um, the 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 ideas that I have uh, uh, they they don't prevent uh, moments where you get involved with your mind and with your thoughts and and you may become frustrated or upset or whatever. The wonderful thing is that once you understand that upset and that. Um, a moment of frustration doesn't last long because you uh, it's like entering hell. You immediately remember uh, that there's another way of living and, and then you go back. So uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make you immune to, to confronting uh, the world as we know it here. But, but it does help you uh, stay most of the time in a place that is very peaceful and where kindness is uh, uh, the language spoken. I totally agree. Marianne, thank you for being on Energy Life. This is Robert Fisher, your host. To everybody listening, have a very pleasant evening. Marianne, thank you so much, and good evening. Thank, thank you, Robert.